listening to... Welcome back to Inside the Podcaster's Studio. I am your host, George Brisk, and joining me today is a man. A man who has done but many things in his life, one of which loud on the set with Kyle and James. And joining us, the latter, Mr. James is here today. James, how are you? I'm doing well, George. Thank you for having me on your show. It is truly an honor to be here. Oh, James, you know not how much of an honor it is for lowly George Brisk to be hosted by your company this afternoon. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. To Inside the Podcaster's Studio. Now, James, I understand that you have been a performer for much of your life. What was your first performing role? Where did you begin your quest? Well, George, believe it or not, I began this quest, and quest is a, is, is a good word, as early as grammar school. In, oh. fact, in fact, the first grade, I was cast in a dramatic autumn performance, an assembly really, uh, where my emotions, my talent, my, my physical limits were stretched beyond belief. Um, at a very young age, yes. It, it, it's, I'm glad you asked because I haven't had a chance to talk about it much. It wasn't recorded, so it doesn't exist on film or really anywhere else except my mind. So, and yeah. James, your role in this dramatic production, whose skin did you inhabit for this performance? I was an autumn leaf. I was a leaf. <laughs> I, yeah, a leaf. Incredible. What was it like to be a leaf? An autumn leaf well, fading slowly. I was orange, meaning I had fallen off the tree. And although light in dialogue, and in fact, no dialogue, let's be honest, I'll be transparent, no dialogue, the demands of of waving back and forth with the breeze were were intense. Incredible. Yes. A masterful performance, I am sure. It lives on, like I said before, only in my mind, but I, uh, I, I brought the house down. Fascinating. You were in grammar school, and yet you were not to speak during this performance. Not yet, not yet. Something, something perhaps, a career goal. To live that role, the verbose gentleman that you are, Mr. Loud on the set himself. Yeah, it's, it's kind of poetic to not speak in your very first role and then to have a role that's nothing but speaking. James, yeah. where did you go from here? Well, from there, my next big role, George, that I'm most proud of was on a, a game show, a very competitive game show where... The contestants were asked to mix and match words and associations, shapes and animals. A high-stakes game show also aired on television. Intriguing. And what was the title of this game show? It was called Romper Room. Romper Room, Romper Room. As, as you can imagine, was, was meant for children to educate themselves, to have some friendly competition, and to show off a little bit in front of the camera 
Interesting. Hey. Romper room. Breaking in. Breaking into the industry, you know? So you, uh, in this performance, uh, what did you do for the romper room? I wish I remembered it differently, but I froze up, George. Unlike my performance. A frozen block? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You didn't didn't have to act it out, but all right. Um, Yeah, I, unlike the, the dancing happy leaf of the autumn assembly, I, I froze up on stage at Romper Room. I sat there, didn't answer any of the host questions. I looked good. I looked good on camera. I'll tell you that right now. Making the move from theater to TV, I looked really good on Romper Room. Oh. Really good. But man, was I shy. Give me another chance. I'll, I'll kill it. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Your trip to the television performing world, did you spend more time in this venue or did you yearn to be back in the black box, the theater itself? I stayed with TV for a long time. After a long hiatus, I took a long hiatus from TV. Um, in fact, I won't even mention how many years. It's, it's a little embarrassing. But when I returned, I returned with a passion and with levels of success not previously seen, not even on Romper Room. Would you like to hear about them? Incredible. Yeah. Do tell, Mr. Grammar School graduate. Oh, yeah. Well, this is well beyond grammar school at this point. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll, I'll keep. Okay. Anyway, um, three more TV roles. I'll, I'll, I'll put them all together at once because I'm living in Miami. I'm working hard. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break into the industry once again after a long hiatus. I was on a pilot for a TV show called South Beach. Now, South Beach, Beach. I'm not normally one to name drop. It was, um, you know, Marampa Room and stuff like that. But South Beach was executive produced by Vanessa Williams. Oh. Singer, actress. Of course. Um, And South Beach was meant to be the Melrose Place of the East Coast of the United States. Now, the pilot was never – it was, it was going to air on the UPN network, all right? And I was slated for true television stardom, but it was canceled. Now, how did you acquire this position within the South Beach television pilot, and what role were you taking on? I was hanging out on the beach one day, and some casting woman approached me and said – you're one of our extras, right? And I said, no. She goes, well, now you are. Come on with, come with me. And she sent me over to wardrobe. And next thing you know, my talents are on full display for the cameras. I'm walking down side streets. I'm posing on the beach. Some of the best extra work you've ever seen in your life. And for it, I was paid handsomely, George. I'm talking clothing. I'm talking three-figure payout for the day. Oh, Excellent. Thank you, Vanessa Quite. Williams. Thank you, South Beach quite the story now what other roles in television did you inhabit similar situation um producers from univision a spanish-speaking cable television channel in miami casted me for two soap operas and once again i was an extra on the scenes in the soap operas yes i try not to steal the scenes from you know, the main actor and actress, but once again, similar to Romper Room, similar to South Beach, I I can't not shine, George. <laughs> I can't not shine. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I think you know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. You're the star of this show. Ah. It's, it's, it's infectious. It certainly is. Right. Mr. James, you are an infectious fellow yourself, just seething with viral integrity and whatnot. Infectious indeed. Any other television pursuits to regale us with, Mr. James? Have you ever heard of a little show called Good Morning America? Have I ever? You you have, right? Of course. Well, look up an episode from back in 2008, and you'll see, you know, current star of Loud on the Set with Kyle and James walking on the beach with his then-partner at the time, shooting some montage, montage footage. Lighthouses, beautiful beaches, dunes, seagulls. Masterful. A great performance. Masterful. Satisfying, work. yeah. Good morning, America, indeed. Mm-hmm. Mr. James. Yes. Television. A sexy beast in its own right. Ooh, what? what? Starting in the theater to the television. Have you ever performed on the grand, grand realm of that which you spew such vile on your Loud on the Set podcast, have you broken into the world of cinema? No, I haven't. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that I have not, following all these successes, how could I not at this point? Mm. You know, and Ugh. it's eluding me to this day. It, uh, it, it... I'll be honest here. There's a little bit of insight, a little loud on the set insight. I got a little jealous when Kyle mentioned that he had been um, in one of the Batman movies recently. I couldn't believe it that Kyle made it into that genre and that critically acclaimed movie, the third Batman installment by Nolan. I was I was a little bit jealous, but now I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his success. Kyle's in there. Um. Interesting. Still waiting for my big moment, George. Maybe you could hook me up. A budding rivalry, I see, between that awesome personas which clash week to week, bringing you new episodes in a timely manner. Mr. James, if cinema was not to be throughout your career... Were you ever drawn back to the stage to bear nude in front of all your raw emotion and feeling? Um, yes. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. You bled for the art on that most grandiose of performance venues? I returned to the theater after my TV stints, and I performed in two plays. One was called The Rose of Treason. And the other was called The Guys. Now, I'll start with The Guys, the latter. Why? Because it was a pretty easy role for me. It was a 9-11 tribute play. I had to play the role of a fireman talking with a psychiatrist. Mm. And so, as you can imagine, it was pretty easy for me. A lot of, I could relax on the accent, on the mannerisms, and the, everything about it. It's easy to play a New Yorker. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> but on the Rose of Treason, I played a Nazi soldier. And Oh, dear me. I was given significant dialogue. I had to portray a soldier whose emotions spanned from upset to angry. Mm. So imagine that. An intense range that between range, upset and angry. Well, 
if you want, and for your listeners, George, I'll do you a favor. I'll act out a scene with oh. you here. Oh. Oh. Well, we would be so honored if you would, Mr. James, of Loud on the Set with Kyle and James, bringing you new episodes week to week. If you would, please act out a scene. Now, I can't The Rose of Treason. I can't promise that it'll, it'll pack the same punch as our community theater in front of 50-some-odd people uh, twice a week for three weeks. I can't promise that I'll bring that same intensity. It's been a while. But I will try to reincarnate reincarnate my role as the Nazi soldier. Mm. Um, uh. Go. <clears throat> On the list! Now see, that line, George was when the soldier would find banned items such as books or other paraphernalia in the home of one of the young dissidents. And he was so upset that he was finding this anti-state propaganda that he would have to register it as being on the banned list. So you see what I did there, right? On the list. On the list. On the list. And I really think that even though we were speaking English, I like to think that I did a good job with my German accent there. Truly a grammar schoolboy's dream to one day fill words with such meaning. On the list. I'll give you one more. Uh, One more line. We would be so lucky. Okay. Let me set the scene. We're on a train. The students who are against the Nazi regime are traveling from city to city in an attempt to spread their leaflets, their subversive message. Choo-choo. I am the... I am... Anyway, I am the Nazi soldier who is patrolling this train. And here we go. Papers, please. A round of applause for Mr. James. Again, the accent. It's hard. It's hard for me to do that. I felt as if I was there. Yeah. So those, those are my those are my theater exploits, and now I find myself here, on your wonderful show. Uh, I um, I find myself with a podcast loud on the set with Kyle and James. I only wish Kyle could be here with me, because uh, he truly is a star, and uh, we it, it works out. So that's where we're at. Oh, I, that brings us to the present day, George. A resounding success, your podcast world, bringing us your mind through such. Uh, uh, a medium as is general with the masses now. Uh, Brilliant. Quite popular. Brilliant inspired work. Mr. James, we all know the success of Loud on the Set with Kyle and (laughs) the aforementioned James here. Uh, I would like to spend some time with you. I would like to ask you a few questions, those of which I ask all my guests on Inside the Podcaster Studio. Would you join me in a, a little Q&A here this afternoon? Well, as my co-host Kyle might say, interesting. Let's go. Mr. Let's, James. Let's give it a try. Question the first. Yeah. What is your favorite word? Ooh, that's an easy one, George. Garbage. <laughs> So look at where it's got. Yes. Yes. Very I, I know you good. Are, that you I just give the people what they want. Very good, Mr. James. Question the second. Oh. What is your least 
favorite word. Listeners of the podcast probably know this. It's a two-way, a two-way tie. Two-way tie. Anyway, so and like, get him out of here. So like, you don't enjoy those words, do you? <laughs> Quite yes. Question the third, Mr. James. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, and emotionally? What are these turn-ons? What? Yeah. What What you, are your creative, you, spiritual, and emotional turn-ons? This is a very important question I must ask of all my guests. Did he just say turn-ons? Oh, uh... My you want to know what my spiritual spiritual turn ons are mm, quite. Uh, how how about this? Can we come back to that one? I I wasn't expecting that. I, uh, I I I must insist you answer the question, Mister James. All right. Um. Spiritual. Uh, being an atheist. What are the other two? Creative and emotional. Creative. Is uh, the chance to rant and emotional is to not talk about my emotions. Next question, George. Question the fourth. All right. What Ooh. are your creative, spiritual, and emotional turn-offs? Uh, how about all-in-one talking about my emotions like this? Can, can we, we all-in-one take? We do this all-in-one? Question five. What is your favorite curse word? <clears throat> oh, that's easy given the sort of direction we're going right now, and that's cockamamie bullshit. If you get what I'm, <laughs> do you... I don't think very you... clever, Mister James. Very clever. Yeah. Question six. Not understanding. What sound or noise do you enjoy? I enjoy the sound of. Well, I, don't, I'll, I guess I'll. Well, I don't know. I'll try to play you a little game here. Dolphin whistles. Is oh, that what you look? Dolphin whistles. What a brilliant choice. Yes. What sound or noise do you hate? Question seven, Mister James. Um. Oh. Do you like this sound? <laughs> well, how about this sound? <laughs> or maybe even this sound. <laughs> Can, can we can we cut question I eight I didn't even... what profession would you attempt if not your own acting career um uh, i I'm not ready for this what would you not attempt mr james question nine i would you drive a plane into the sun i only if you were in the fucking Cockpit with me, you lunatic. Question 10, Mr. James. Now he's looking James. at me weird, too. Like, I can't even make it. If heaven exists, what would you want to hear when you got to the pearly gates from the one and only God himself? I would hope that he would say, I forgive you for that interview you did that one time with that fucking lunatic uh, jerk-off <laughs> jerk. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't think it's funny. You're going oh. way off script here right now.
Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James joining us today. Another big round of applause for our wonderful guest. No. Thank you all so much for listening to Inside the Podcaster's Studio. I'm going to talk to my lawyer. This is is borderline. My name is George Brisk. I have a reputation. Every week we bring you the best and the brightest from the world of podcasting. I still want all the money or everything you promised me, even though half this interview is And no one could deny the success of Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. We can't wait to have Kyle in the studio with us. Let's make something clear. Kyle will never be on your show. (laughs) Mr. James, always the jokester. Thank you so much. You want to take this outside? And with that, I will leave you wonderful listeners. We can step outside. The rest of your life. He's not going to pay me and you're being a jerk off. Let's go outside right now. Let's step outside and settle this. And cut.